Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. Celtics Raptors, yeah, yeah, the Celtics won 102 to 99. Marcus Smart went off in the fourth quarter. Let's talk about game seven. Don't worry, we will get back to the Celtics Raptors game. But game seven between the Jazz and the Nuggets was an instant classic. This was the lowest scoring playoff game since at least 2014 when the Wizards beat the Bulls 75 to 69 in a first round matchup. Fun fact, by the way, in my research of low-scoring playoff games, I found that the Detroit Pistons have played in the five lowest-scoring games, or excuse me, five lowest-scoring playoff games in NBA history in the shot clock era. And all of them were during the time of Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Richard Hamilton and all those guys. Game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Cavs in 2006, the Pistons won 79-61. The Pistons won four out of five of these. Game two of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pacers in 2004, they won 72 to 67. That same series, game six, they beat the Pacers 69 to 65. That was the game where Tayshawn Prince had that amazing chase down block on Reggie Miller. Game one of the 2004 Eastern Conference Semifinals against the Nets, Detroit won 78 to 56. The 56 points by the New Jersey Nets at that time is the second lowest total for a team in a playoff game. The Utah Jazz is 54 against the Bulls in the finals being the lowest amount. And in the lowest scoring game in NBA playoff history, the Boston Celtics beat the Detroit Pistons 66 to 64. That was game three of the 2002 Eastern Conference semifinals. So that's that was really interesting to find that they've played in the five lowest scoring playoff games in the shot clock era. But this game, not the offensive show we were accustomed to seeing the first six games. Donovan Mitchell is just 22 points. Jamal Murray, 17. Nikola Jokic had 30. He was far and away the best scorer of this game. Accounted for about 38% of the team's points. But this game was a classic throwback defense-focused playoff game. And the Nuggets jumped out to a 19-point lead in the second quarter. They were ready to wrap things up. Donovan Mitchell was not playing well. Just seven points at the half. But his third quarter is what made the difference. Brought Utah back in the game. 13 points from Donovan. And the lead was cut to five going into the fourth quarter. 65-60. to 60. Fourth quarter, Donovan struggled. Barely got shots up. Just two points. However, Rudy Gobert helped him out and stepped up. 10 fourth quarter points for him. He was impressive on both ends. But late in the game, after back-to-back buckets from Utah, tied it up at 78. He could not get the stop on Nikola Jokic, who hit a post hook with 27 seconds left. I mean, that shot's hard to defend. Jokic used his body well, and just and Gobert just couldn't get to it. It was pretty good defense, but it was better offense. Then on the other end, oh my goodness, what a sequence. Donovan Mitchell drove down the lane, but Gary Harris, in just his second game back since March, Taps the ball out of Mitchell's hands. Jamal Murray picks it up. We go the other way. The Nuggets up by two. Decide to push the ball up the court and not just hold it and wait to get fouled. Murray comes down the court. It's the streaking Torrey Craig who misses the layup on the fast break. Gobert gets the rebound. Utah has the ball now. No timeouts. Gobert gets it up to Conley who shoots the three at the buzzer. It rolls in and out. 
I mean, it was halfway down before it rolled out. The, uh, the Nuggets hang on to win 80-78. to The Jazz become just the 12th team ever to blow a 3-1 lead in a playoff series. Most recently, of course, being the 2016 Finals, where the Warriors blew their 3-1 lead to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the series before that, actually, the Warriors overcame a 3-1 deficit against the Thunder. But just a crazy, crazy game. So much fun to watch. And let me say something about the guard matchup. I predicted Donovan would show up and the Jazz would win. Neither of the two stars had their best games, Mitchell and Murray. Mitchell had 22, Murray had 17. They combined for less than what each individual would have put up normally on their own. Jamal put Denver up early and in a good position, but Donovan brought Utah back. So they were pretty much even going into the fourth, and neither star really did anything in the fourth quarter to help their teams. The focus switched to the centers, Gobert and Jokic. Murray had four points, Mitchell had two. And both made errors down the stretch on that last sequence. Donovan lost the ball. Great defense from Gary Harris, who we'll talk about in a minute. And Murray could have sealed the game if he had just held the ball. Like, why? I Okay, I understand there was the opportunity for a layup, and you assumed your teammate would make it. But hold the ball. You, you, you had no idea you were going to get a layup when you originally picked up the ball in the backcourt. Force them to foul you. Make it a two-possession game, potentially, assuming you knock down both. So really, their production was even. It wasn't their best, but Jamal's team is just the better overall team. I thought Donovan Mitchell could overcome that, but he could not. But the fact of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, Jamal Murray had Nikola Jokic and Donovan Mitchell didn't. Jokic hit the shot. Jokic had 30 points. Jokic offensively is what put them in position to succeed. But who truly won the game for Denver, when you look at what he did defensively, was Gary Harris. This was just his second game back since March 11th, the night the league was suspended. He came to the bubble late with a hip injury that sidelined him for all eight seeding games and the first five games of this first round series against the Jazz. Game six was his first game back. And offensively, game six and seven, he was he was awful. There's no other way to put it. His shooting stroke was just not there. He was one of nine last night. But his main contribution is on the defensive end. His perimeter defense is really what the Nuggets were missing early on in this series. When Donovan was going crazy, they had no one who could guard him. But Harris made things very difficult for Mitchell. Played great one-on-one defense on him down the stretch. Blocked one of Mitchell's mid-range pull-ups, which is Donovan's sweet spot, by the way. And he wouldn't even let Mitchell get involved late. He barely let him catch the ball. He was terrific, not just on the ball defending him and getting stops. Off the ball, he was a pest, too. He forced Utah to call their last time out because the Jazz wanted to get the ball to Mitchell, but Harris wouldn't let him catch it on the inbound. And that ultimately, when you think about when you think about it, is what forced the rush shot from Mike Conley at the end of the game that went in and out. But not just that. At, after the timeout, it took about... Four and a half seconds for them to get the ball to Mitchell. And they actually had to get it to him in the backcourt. They went one-on-one. Donovan drove and Gary stole the ball from him. He didn't get possession, but he, he poked it to Jamal Murray. Now, Murray almost blew it. Not He almost blew not just the game, not just the series, but their entire season by deciding to give Torrey Craig the ball. But the point is, Gary Harris won the game for them on the defensive side of the ball. He was terrific. He was what they were missing on that end, and he showed up big time. Now, his offense is a work in progress. His shot is still isn't there yet. It will come back because he's a he's a pretty good shooter. He's a good scorer. 
But for right now, if he can make the kind of inc- impact on defense like he did last night, he if he can make that impact against the Clippers, that is all good news for the Denver Nuggets. Okay, let's get back to the Celtics-Raptors game. Toronto had the lead for about three quarters, but Marcus Smart decided to carry Boston offensively in the fourth quarter. He had, he had five threes. Like, what the heck? Marcus Smart, known for his defense and flopping, which, by the way, he almost got a really bad call in his favor by flopping on Pascal Siakam. It took a coach's challenge to overturn it. It was blatantly obvious that Smart flopped. But he went off. Kemba hit some clutch shots, and they won. Boston won 102-99. They're up 2-0. I did not expect this. I still think the Raptors can win in seven, but they're going to need seven. This isn't like the Eastern Conference Finals last year. You're not going to win four straight games after going down 2-0. But they're not out yet. Game three, of course, is a must-win, though. So we know who the Los Angeles Clippers are now going to face in the second round. It's the Denver Nuggets. I have Clippers in five. The Nuggets have one day off. They play tomorrow. Their series starts tomorrow. They have no rest. The Clippers haven't played since Sunday. They will have had three days off in between games, which in the bubble feels like a week probably because they're playing every other day in the playoffs since you don't have to travel back and forth across the country. But the Clippers, the best team in the league, are well-rested, ready to go. Meanwhile, Denver showed obvious fatigue in Game 7. Both teams did, actually. But I'm not confident in their ability to keep up with L.A. after a hard-fought seven-game series win in the first round. They could squeeze out one win. I predict they will, but the Clippers clearly have the advantage here. Jamal Murray even looked upset and surprised when, I believe it was Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, after the game told him that they play on Thursday. He's like, we don't even get two days off? Oh, my gosh. He's obviously tired. I don't, I don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to keep up with the Clippers. It's just unfortunate how the scheduling is turning out in this bubble because there's not time to travel and rest an extra day. But it's the bubble, so nothing's normal. You got to deal with it. The Jazz are going to give Donovan Mitchell a max rookie extension. This was reported earlier today. To be honest, I don't care if he isn't eligible for it. He deserves the super max. He's the best player to come to Utah since Carl Malone. He deserves every single penny he gets. And even though they fell short this year, they are going to be a problem. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a problem for the league to deal with in years to come. He is the face of this franchise. I am so happy for him. I'm sure he's still struggling with the loss, but hopefully that contract cheers him up a little bit. Okay, Rockets Thunder, Game 7 tonight at 9 o'clock. Predictions. I was wrong last night about the Jazz Nuggets game, although no one, although, although no nobody expected it to go like that. No one thought it was going to be eighty to seventy-eight. Donovan Mitchell twenty-two points, Jamal Murray seventeen. But tonight, I have the Rockets winning. James Harden's going to be special as he always is, and I think Russell Westbrook is going to come out for revenge. He wants to redeem himself after his performance and costly mistakes in Game Six. I got the feeling he's going to go for 30, maybe even more. We'll see. But I think those two's performances tonight, Harden and Westbrook, will outweigh the performances of Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Danilo Gallinari. And Dennis Schroeder, by the way. Heat Bucks. As for Heat Bucks, I say the Bucks even up the series. 
at One Piece. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history, nothing significant happened. Happy birthday to Pelicans rookie Nikhil Alexander Walker. Shea Gilgis Alexander's cousin, by the way. Yes, Shea Gilgis Alexander and Nikhil Alexander Walker are cousins. At least that's what I've heard. Also, happy birthday to 2019-2020 NBA Most Improved Player Brandon Ingram. Just won the award on Monday. And the Morris Twins, Marcus and Markeith. We will be back tomorrow with all the reaction from Game 7 between the Thunder and the Rockets, as well as Game 2 of the Bucks and the Heat Eastern Conference Semifinal Series.